I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. So on top of a pathetic two-game losing streak, I literally just recorded what was supposed to be this episode, but then accidentally deleted it when I was using hotkeys. You know, I, I kind of did the shortcut to end the recording on the keyboard, and I hit, I guess, the delete button. And now I have to record the episode all over again. Um, fortunately, it was only about 30 plus minutes. You know, and it wasn't like more towards an hour. Or else I would have been really flip. I would have really flipped out. I don't know what I just said there. Um, uh, but I hate that. I'm so pissed off. But yes. The New York Knicks... Not necessarily playing great basketball as they were the last time. Uh, the last time we, we spoke. You know, they go out there. What was it Friday night against the OKC Thunder? A rebuilding team. Probably not going to make much noise. One of the few easier games the Knicks have had so far on their schedule but they go out there and they lay an egg right just pretty pretty a pretty poor effort right a pretty pathetic effort let's be blunt um and the Knicks just don't do the job they they lose by a lot and pretty much the same thing happened on Sunday night um and we were recording you know after Sunday night's game against Denver at MSG as well. Two games where I think Madison Square Garden <clears throat> excuse me, um, wouldn't have been very proud. Right? Madison Square Garden, definitely. If there wasn't some, you know, virus and fans were allowed to go into the stands, this, you know, they would have been, we would have heard the Boo Birds at MSG. Um, but, but, uh, nonetheless, two losses that, you know, aren't very, aren't very, uh, promising, you know, that leave us with a lot of question going forward. So we're going to get into all that. All right. We're going to get into that in a second. Let's head to break. Don't want to waste too much time because again, I just wasted 35 minutes of my life recording an episode that I deleted accidentally. So let's just try to get this one in, um, review the review these last couple of games and talk about what we need going forward, and that'll be that. So let's get to it, guys. Let's head to break, and we'll get right into things when we get back. Hey, fellows. So 
Really briefly, before we get back into things here, I just want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, to BD4, then you can go do that right now on my website. You can go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Once again, in order to subscribe to this podcast, BD4, and if you want, Follow me on social media and subscribe to the blog that I write. Just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Guys, thank you so much, and let's get right back into it. So on Friday night, I think it was Friday, the Knicks go out there against OKC. Again, team that's probably not going to be very good this year. But they play down to their opponent often, like we saw often last season. They lose um, scoring 89 points versus OKC's 101. Knicks shoot 36%, uh, 33% from the three, and just 60% from the foul line. The Thunder, not much offense themselves, but when you're as bad as the Knicks are offensively, 44%, 32%, and 67% will get you by. Uh, The big thing, again, was just the lack of hustle defensively. uh, The Knicks were minus 14 on the boards and just, you know, lazy in the paint. Um, So to recap real quick, you know, the Knicks pretty much lacked offense until Randall got hot in the third. Um, but again, the offense wasn't consistent, and on the other end, lacked inside D in the second half once Mitchell Robinson was mysteriously pulled late in the third period. But to start off at the top of the game, you know, it was it was uh, the Knicks go up by 11. I think quickly hits RJ for a layup, and you know they're up 11 points with 2:47 in the first quarter. Uh, you get to you know the second period, uh, the Thunder bench make a run bunch of teenagers out there just over out hustling the Knicks and just overachieving out there um, even veteran Al Horford who's about 45 years old uh, he gets hot and he ends up scoring 15 uh, in the first half all 15 of his points came in the first half he scores 15 points he's operating at the top of the key hitting those mid-range jumpers on the baseline and uh, the Knicks the Nick Biggs just can't really defend him so the Thunder make their run and you know, once up 11, the Knicks now go into halftime tied at 42. Third quarter comes. Randall finally gets his first bucket of the game. Erases that zero. He gets it going in the third. Keeps the Knicks in it. Uh, towards the end of the third period, that's when Mitch is pulled. Uh, he's first pulled for Noel, who we're going to get to Nerland's Noel in a bit. Um, and then later we, we, we see them play small ball with Randall anchoring the five. Uh, but as soon as that happened, as soon as Randall uh, Robinson was pulled, it's a 6-0 run for OKC. They go up by nine. Uh, this is near the end of the third. Uh, but fortunately, Austin Rivers continued to hit clutch shots, and Rivers kind of gets it going. Back-to-back field goals. One of them a clutch three-pointer to beat the buzzer in the third period. And then another comes, brings out the Euro step uh, to bring the Knicks within four with 11:28 at the top of the fourth. 
Uh, but again, with, with Mitch given zero minutes for the remainder of the game, no fourth quarter minutes for Mitch, the Knicks just got killed in the paint. Just obliterated off dribble penetration. You know, uh, Noel, late fouling guys. You know, he fouls Roby at the top of the period. He hits a couple of free throws. Diallo tips one in to follow that up, and the OKC goes on a run. They go up by eight with under 10 minutes to go in the fourth. From there, the Knicks just can't get stops. Everything they do offensively is countered, and then some, by OKC. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I went back and checked, and I saw that the Knicks did not string together more two or more field goals in that fourth quarter. So every time the Knicks would score, OKC scored at least one field goal back. The Knicks were unable to, to string together two or more makes. So and that just goes to show how poor <clears throat> they were defensively. Um, OKC's guards, really good. Really, really strong performances from Gilgis Alexander. He goes for 18 of his 25 in the second half. Killing Peyton off the bounce. Again, hopefully destroying that narrative that Peyton's a decent defender. No. Um, every time he sees a decent guard, he just has issues. Um, Diallo getting into the paint. 11 points in the fourth. Ends up with 23. <laughs> and the Thunder scored 32 points in that fourth period. They, they scored a dozen of them in the paint. Six field goals in the paint. Uh, and then they have 11 free throw attempts as well, just in the fourth quarter alone. So, <clears throat> again, Mitch's lack of, uh, the lack of interior presence without Mitch, you know, a pretty poor decision in my, in my respective opinion by Tom Thibodeau, not going with Mitch to close out the game. Uh, very random, right? Uh, so it was difficult to watch, you know, have to see the small ball with Randall and have to see a useless Noel out there. And on the flip side, again, the offense by the Knicks was pretty poor. Starting to rear its ugly head lately. Um, so, you know, in particular, it was the Knicks guards. You know, the backcourt was not pretty. <clears throat> you look at RJ, Alfred, Reggie, and Quickly. <clears throat> those four guys combined to go 28%. Okay, and they shot 21% from the arc. So a very rough outing from the backcourt. Um, so it was just a bad all-around game. If you want to look at the few, and I guess I'll quote this, positives from that game. You had Kevin Knox go 3 for 5 from the arc. You had Robinson lead the team with plus 6 um, in, the, in the box score. And then you had Randall, even on an off night, go 18-12-7 on 8 for 15. So that was your positive. <laughs> but overall, not a night to remember. And neither was tonight, Sunday night. Uh, but as you're listening to this, it should be Monday night, game night, as we're facing the Hornets. Um, but Sunday night, game 10, Knicks lose to the Nuggets, and things don't really look much better. So we're going to get into that, uh, but let's have to break one last time. Hey, fellows. So... Really briefly, before we get back into things here, I just want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, to BD4, then you can go do that right now on my website. You can go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect.
Alright, so we get to game 10. We get to Sunday night, tonight, as I am recording, yesterday, as you were listening to this. And uh, they face the Nuggets who enter the game, you know, up and down so far this season. Um, but the Knicks can't figure it out. They lose um, with 89 points versus Denver's 114. You know, basically, I don't want to go quarters one to four with it, with this one either. It, it was just a bad all-around game. Um, pretty much outside of Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle, who's playing really good this year. Pretty much outside of those two, you have nothing from anybody else. Nothing. Uh, Mitch goes 11-5 with a block. Julius goes 29-10-5. Um, and both of them combined to shoot 16 for 21. 76% for 40 points. Everybody else outside of those two guys, 16 for uh, 53. 16 for 21 for Mitch and Julius. 16 for 53, everybody else. 76% versus 30, uh, 30%. 40 points versus 49 points, everybody else combined. Bad, very bad. Uh, Knicks shoot just 6 out of 21. From three-point distance, that's 29%. Continue to get exposed there. Out-hustled, their largest lead was three. Denver's largest was 30. They just couldn't defend the paint once again. Noel sucks. We'll get to him. He was taken out multiple times tonight, just out of pure disgust from Tibbs. And the flip side, you know, not being able to score, you know, struggling your way to 89 points versus a team that allows 112 points a night is not a good look. Uh, you know, Denver ran the zone a couple of times to expose our lack of spacing and shooting and ball movement. Always get confused when teams throw the 2-3 at us, and here it was again. Nuggets on the flip side shoot very well themselves. 43% from distance, 15 for 35. Jokic... I thought Robinson played him pretty well for, you know, considering it's it's Jokic and he's averaging a triple-double this year. Robinson held him, and I put that in quotes, held him to 22-10-5. Um, everybody else was under 15 points or less, 15 points or less, but there were six double-figure scores. So it was a collective effort for Denver, as opposed to the Knicks, where it was just two men who, who chipped in. Um, so, yeah, another bad game, all right? No need to really go quarter to quarter. You know, uh, I'm just tired of this whole starting lineup that we're kind of vomiting out there, right? Let's be real. It's not a good starting lineup. It doesn't excite you. And it's in particular, it's it's the backcourt. It is Alfred Payton and it is Reggie Bullock. And again, nothing against these two guys. And, you know, I got yelled at by some, some, some boomer on YouTube um, in some comment section because I said, you know, Peyton's a terrible point guard. You know, and they gave me the typical response you'll hear from time to time. It's, you know, he's an NBA player. He's not terrible, obviously. Okay, yeah, I get it. He's an NBA player. I'm some fat Italian-American kid arguing from my couch. But, you know, when you, when you get past that, we know that. He's not, you know, he's a poor NBA player, okay? He's not an NBA point guard. Right, Alfred Payton, I'm talking about. Um, he sucks. You know, and I know, I know. He had a couple of nice games, you know, 
after his slow start. Cool. But if we're really, if we're getting excited about Alfred Payton going off, going off with what, 17 and 7 as one of his better games, that's an issue, right? When, when you're getting excited that Alfred Payton is going for 17 points, that's probably because he's not that good, right? So eventually, and he's looking like he's starting to, he's going to regress to his norm, which is, what, nine points on, you know, 40% from the field and, you know, 20-something percent from three. Eventually, he's going to regress to that, and it looks like he's starting to come back down to earth. It just tells you how pathetic of a starting point guard he is. <laughs> name me a mo- name me a name me a point guard in 2021 who's successful and can't shoot the ball a lick. Go, go ahead. Name me a successful winning NBA point guard who can't shoot the ball a lick. Peyton sucks. He sucks for an NBA point guard. You know, he can't shoot the ball, and the only one skill he does have, it doesn't seem like it's very productive. Right? His passing, his playmaking. He passes to one guy. We all know Randall's his buddy. Um, he ignores RJ Barrett. He, if he does pass to someone like RJ or any other of the guys, it's in the final seconds of the shot clock, right? He'll dribble the ball around the court for 70% of the shot clock. He doesn't advance the ball. He plays at a slow pace. He's a half-court point guard who can't shoot. Not a, you know, an overrated defender for, for those of you who think he's a decent defender. Not very good defensively. Especially guarding guys who are quicker and who can dribble. And that's a lot of point guards. Um... Just not, not it. He's not it. He's not it. And and so I, I think hopefully when he starts to not hopefully, but when he when he starts to regress, hopefully the the very few who are on the Alfred Payton boat start to see that. And he's starting to regress. I'm tired of seeing this guy. There's no excuse for Alfred Payton to be launching 17 shots, 18 shots, 15 shots, 19 shots. He's on a spam where he's doing something like that. No excuse. He's getting all this ball time, all these possessions, these shot attempts, and who is he? He's Alfred Payton. You look at the the analytics. You go on NBA.com. He's up there, you know, usage with, with Harden, Lillard, Kyrie, Tatum, guys like that. Obviously, the production's not the same, but the usage is, and that's the issue. Get him out of the lineup. He doesn't fit, you know, with the guys we drafted, especially Barrett. And Bullock, not much better. Not much better with Bullock. But Peyton's the, the the one guy I want out as soon as we can. And I understand the, the whole, you know, quick sanity has kind of died down, right? He's kind of lost his magic, Emmanuel. But I would still rather have a young point guard with upside who we just drafted because he can shoot the ball than watch some random, you know, veteran placeholder who's already peaked at mediocrity. I mean, it's 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 not chess, right? It's easy. It's common sense. Bullock's got to go too, though. Boy, does he got to go. He was brought here to shoot, and he's inconsistent outside as a shooter at best. You know, 
Uh, yeah, sure, he plays good defense, but that is not enough to justify giving him the starting nod at the two position. Burks has to hurry back. It sucks that he has to go through this whole thing that Obi did seven plus days for reevaluation. But here we are. <laughs> um, for now, I would still go with like Austin Rivers. Go quickly and Rivers in your backcourt. Quickly, Rivers, Barrett, Randall, Robinson. That's fine. It's exciting. It's youthful. And you got your veteran who can shoot the ball. It's a, it seems it's it could be a better product than what we're getting now. And honestly, that's not even the point. The point is it's it makes more sense. You know. Tonight, for example, tonight's a great example. You take Peyton, Bullock, and RJ. They combine for 90 minutes and one three pointer. This is 2021. That is unacceptable. That's 60% of your starting lineup. Pretty much not shooting the ball. That's very bad. So something's got to go on there. We can't, cannot be throwing those two out there in the backcourt to compliment RJ, Randall, and Mitch. No. So. Now speaking of RJ... Having said all that, right, Peyton, Bullock, you know, not much spacing to surround RJ, packed driving lanes, right, turns RJ into the spot-up three-baller who's launching four or five catch-and-shoot threes a game, which is not his game, right, he's supposed to be on the ball, bulldozing, yada, yada, I get that, so having that, you know, having said that, he, RJ himself, does have to start hitting shots, right, it's also on him. It is also on Barrett, okay? So I'm not going to go yelling bust. I'm not going to go yell bench RJ, trade RJ. That's unrealistic. That's just you know a typical angry Knicks fan being reactionary, right? We drafted him. He's here to stay until otherwise. We might as well play him. We might as well try to develop the kid. And, you know, in order to do that, I think we should surround him with complimentary pieces. Not Bullock, not Peyton. But, yes, I agree that he does absolutely have to start sh uh, showing signs of consistency. Excuse me. Um, it's because it's bad. You know, outside of the foul line, he has no jumper. No jumper. The mid-range, at times it looks promising, but it's inconsistent. And that three-point shot, man... No, it's just, it's not existing. I mean, we're talking about Peyton not being a good three-shooter. He's actually you know, shooting at a respectable clip when you compare him to RJ, who's just non-existent from there. Low 20%. I don't think he has more than one three outside of the two Indiana games. He has one three-pointer, maybe two total outside of the Pacer. I mean, it's bad. He is not a three-point shooter. And again, yeah. Play him with, with pieces who kind of complement his game and, and put, you know, space the floor so he can do his work. But at the same time, you know, a basketball player, a number three overall pick at that has to start making shots, right? It just comes down to he's going to eventually have to start making shots. So, yes, the struggles do come at the hands of the product around him sometimes. But at some point, a basketball player, a number three overall pick is going to have to start playing like one. He's going to have to start making shots. Okay, so... We can't totally rely on the Knicks just 
catering to him. He's going to have to help us out here. He's going to have to perform better, right? He's going to have to do it. The jump shooting is pathetic. The uh, Even, you know, his forte, uh, getting to the rim and finishing, that's inconsistent at times. And again, the lack of spacing, the packed lanes, I get it. The paint being crowded, I understand it all. But he has to. He has to be able to do something himself because he's not much of a creator with the ball in his hands. Okay, He's not much of a shooter, so he's going to have to find ways to score consistently. I just want to see more from him. Is it the minutes? Hard to say. right? I don't really blame the minutes. It is early, um, and he was kind of like this last year too, getting normal minutes. So I don't want to go there yet. You know, but, you know, Tom Thibodeau is somebody who's known to, quote, run his players into the ground. But um, that's just my quick take on RJ. I, I just, you know, as he keeps having these poor games, I'm starting to, to go from really high on him to, to more towards indifferent, right? He's got to start showing it a little bit. Backup center. Nerlens Noel is useless. You may as well stick my fat, lazy ass at the five position when Mitch is not is is sitting. I mean, this guy. What does he do? What does he do? What does Nerlens Noel do? He drops every pass that is thrown to him. He's an automatic turnover when he's receiving a pass in PNR. He doesn't protect the rim. He had one point tonight. He averages three points on the season. What does Nerlens do? It's good that we got Taj Gibson back, I guess. Knicks fans, uh, for some reason, really like him. But I don't think he's going to be that much of an upgrade. He's still pretty underwhelming at this point in his career as a rim protector. Um, doesn't really give you much offense either. Occasional pick and pop in the mid-range area, maybe. But he's not athletic. You know, honestly, for now, until Gibson is ready and goes through the COVID protocol, whatever he has to do. Honestly, though, I would still, I wouldn't mind going small ball as much as I kind of shit on it in the, uh, the last blog I wrote when I recapped the OKC game. I honestly put Randall to five and surround him with shooters in the meantime. It's 2021 small ball. For now, I guess, you know, for stretches. <laughs> but we also just need Obi Toppin back. We need Obi Toppin. Oh, it sucks to, to not have him out there. But we need some offense, man. It, no production at that position when Mitch is on the floor. And Mitch is going to have to start showing some offense as well. Let's be real. He's not even shooting the ball. You know, he's getting in these, in these scenarios where we see him a couple times now a night outside the arc, wide open. You know, I mean, his his man is in the paint often. And defenses aren't even getting out. And he's not taking it. So I think it's the Knicks restricting him. Let it fly, especially in blowouts like tonight, like on Friday. Let it fly a couple times. See what's up. Doesn't have to be threes either, man. Like I said, I would like for him to develop a post game, a hook shot, something inside the arc, something outside the arc, whatever. Just something different from rim running. You know, rudimentary rim running. Just, just you know, something aside from that. Pick and roll throwdowns and, and, and tip-ins, you know, something you, where he can create himself, you know. But, yeah, our offense is it's pretty bad. 
you know, I understand defense has gotten gotten us to this point where, you know, it's it's ahead of our offense, but it's 2021, right? In today's game, you do need offense, and the Nick offense is bad. I think Kevin Knox needs more minutes. You know, if we're, if we're talking about needing more offense and needing more three-point shooting, I think Kevin Knox, you know, listen, he entered the night shooting 42% from the floor. That's a career high. And 40% from three-point distance, career high. He's playing good this season, but he's only getting, you know, you see him sometimes is getting 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes a night on average. Why not give him 20, maybe 25 in games that he looks good? He's stretching the floor this year. That's a weapon on this team. So all in all, guys, you know, it's, it's listen, you look at the big picture here. We, we enter, listen, if you were entering the season, so if I told you a couple weeks ago that the Knicks would be 5-5 five and five after 10 games, you'd be thrilled, right? So I'll take it. I'll take it. I know it's after being 5-3. and three. Excuse me, right? It's a little bit different, but it's not the worst in the world. We we it was the OKC game that I really, really was upset with. Losing to the Nuggets like this sucks, you know, but they are a Western Conference, you know, powerhouse. They're a very good team. They got a very good player in Jokic. They have a good player in Murray. Um, they're well coached. So I just hope that we can bounce back. Uh, but we do have a back-to-back against Charlotte tomorrow night or tonight as you're listening. Don't know much about them in terms of their, their win-loss or anything like that, where they are in the standings. But obviously they've got LaMelo Ball. And um, he just had a triple-double the other night. <clears throat> but that's it, guys. You know, I just hope we can continue to compete. Are we going to continue to play 500 ball, hover around that mark? I hope, but, you know, I think at one point we're, we might. We might realize that we should remain focused on player development. And not to say we aren't. We are right now. We're, we're kind of doing both. Trying to contend and focus on PD. Um, but eventually, by the deadline, we'll get a better look here. We'll kind of have a better understanding of where we are. Right, if we get to the deadline and we're seven games, eight games, nine games under 500, and it doesn't look like we're going to make the bottom seed, then maybe you start selling. Right, maybe you trade Randall for that first rounder, maybe you trade Burks for a first rounder, you make some moves. Right, and you, you kind of build, continue to build um, by collecting assets and picks. But right now, you know, you hope that we can continue to compete while we're focusing on developing RJ, Mitch. I just want to see a little more from RJ. I just want to see a little more from Tibbs trying to put more effort into getting the best out of RJ and Mitch. You know, I want to see him play Knox more. I want to see when Frank is healthy, get some minutes over guys like Bullock, guys like Peyton. That's when I want to see change eventually. You know, we cannot have those two in there. But for now, man, we've got quickly out here. <clears throat> I know he's, you know, slowed down a bit, kind of looks lost. But he's not really getting big minutes. I would still play him. I would still play the young point guard with upside. You know, you just drafted him, and you drafted him because he could shoot the ball. You know that. Play him. Right away, he modernizes that position. Rivers is playing really well. He's the spark plug. 
Play him over Bullock. Bullock has given you nothing. Playing defense only doesn't justify it. I know it's going to weaken your bench, but man, we need this starting lineup to improve. It's so bad. We need to focus on the starting lineup. You know, that's what starts these games out, and, and getting off to a good start is so crucial. Cliche? Sure, but it's true. So, that's pretty much it, guys. I don't want to ramble on too long. <laughs> um, that's it for this episode. Episode 202, Knicks fall to OKC in Denver. This is your host, RJ Carbone. But before we wrap this episode up of BD4, let's get to the NYY, NYK question of the day. All right, so in episode 201, last time out, um, I asked you guys the question. I asked you guys, in 1996-1997, who did the Knicks sweep in the first round of the playoffs? All right, so in episode 201, I asked you, in 1996-1997, who did the Knicks sweep in the first round? The answer to that question, funnily enough, it's... The Charlotte Hornets, who were facing next, they sweep them. They swept them, and I think it was a three-game sweep at the time. It was a five-game series. Um, so that was the answer to 201. The Charlotte Hornets were who the Knicks swept. Uh, but this episode's NYY NYK question of the day for episode 202, brought to you by Anchor. Download the Anchor app, or go to Anchor.fm and listen to the podcast, or make your own podcast. Our question for this episode, our NYY NYK question of the day, starting in 1950, the Knicks made the same round of the postseason for the next three years, but kept losing. Which round was that? All right. Starting in 1950, the Knicks made the same round every postseason for three years. Which specific round was it? All right, so message me or comment the answer once I, pu once I publish the podcast. Uh, you can do this on Facebook, Instagram, or Communist Twitter. Um, <laughs> I just said it. Um, anywho, no, but really, thank you guys so much for stopping by. Um, I appreciate anybody who listens, all two of you. Um, so subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Go to my website for that. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. It is on the screen if you're watching. If you're listening to it, well, you just heard it. nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on my website. We are on so many feeds. Um, just go to my website. It'll take you to all that information. You can follow me on social media. Again, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And um, that's that, guys. Thank you so much. This is your host, RJ Carbone. With episode 202, 202 of the podcast, Knicks fall to OKC in Denver. Back out there tomorrow night, or as you're listening to this, probably back out there tonight. Against the Charlotte Hornets, hopefully we can pick up a victory. 
and we'll go from there. Guys, thank you so much. That's all I've got for this one, and I'll see you when I see you. All right, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.